Colter Nuanas from ESPN Montana here at the M Store. Proud to present our Nuanas Now podcast each and every day, available on all of your various podcast hosting platforms. One of their awesome partners, a guy that really is uh, helping spread the word about the M Store, is Grizz All American Junior Bergen. What's up, man? Thanks for coming in. Yes, thank you for having me. First of all, you got a cool t shirt. What's it like being on a t shirt? You're a kid from Billings, Montana, so that, yeah. might, that must be kind of surreal knowing there's a t shirt of you at the M Store. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, I went to a couple basketball games back home. And uh, I saw some kids running around with I their love shirt it. on. And it was really surreal. It was a cool moment, cool experience for sure. Uh, that's so cool. You guys do such a good job of embracing how much the community loves you. But when people are looking up to you like they do, I mean, they think, I mean, you're the man right now. for <laughs> <laughs> the University of Montana. What's yeah. that like being a Montana kid? Um, it's different for sure. Um, you know, growing up, you kind of look up to guys like who are in the NFL totally. and stuff like that. But, um, you know, it's just great to have a, a positive influence on these kids' lives. Um, you know, I just wanted to make sure... Uh, I set the example and lead by example and give them someone to look up to. Go check out the M Store. They're located there at the corner of Higgins and Broadway here in the city of Missoula. And you can also visit anytime online, MontanaMStore.com. They have all the latest and greatest, a whole bunch of original Grizz gear. And, of course, they have Junior Bergen T-shirts. Junior Bergen, proud partner with the M Store, as well as us here at uh, ESPN Montana. Thanks for swinging by, man. Yes, sir. Thank you for having me. The M Store, where they're all Grizz all the time. What are your business challenges for 2021? Supporting an increased remote workforce? Securing and managing your expanding corporate network? Communicating with your customers, employees, and partners? Whatever your challenges and priorities for 2021, Blackfoot Communications knows it all starts with a plan. We are here to help you assess, design, implement, and support your most critical technology infrastructure initiatives. Call Blackfoot at 866-541-5000 or email business at blackfoot.com to learn how we can set you up for success in 2021 and beyond. Blackfoot. Connect to more. It's 4 o'clock. Welcome to Tutel and Nuanes, Montana's only statewide sports talk show. Broadcast on 102.9 ESPN Radio for Western Montana and across the state on SWX Television. I like football! Now, sports talk from Montana for Montana. Live from the Kurtz Polaris studio, here is Ryan Tutel and Coulter Nuanez. Hello, Montana. Preseason Big Sky Conference basketball polls. One champion crowned, another in progress in state double A soccer. And the NFL weekend starts tonight. It is to tell new one as one or two nine ESPN radio, SWX Montana television across the great state to four oh six. Great to be with you on this fine, fine Thursday afternoon. Thanks for being with us. We appreciate it very much. If you would like to participate in the show, we would be happy for you to do just that. Three six one three six eight eight is the phone number. Three six one thirty six eighty eight the phone number. All guests join us via the Rankage Brothers R V phone line. You can also go ahead and text that phone number, 361-3688-361-3688, and uh, get in here that way as well. We appreciate the text messages coming through, particularly when they're complimentary of me, which we've received, well, a couple. And that's just, it just makes my day. So God bless you out there for your kind words. Uh, if you would like to listen live, that is also a viable option. You go to the World Wide Web. Maybe you've heard of that. 1029ESPN.com. You listen live on the stream. The stream is available all the time. You can check in what's going on here on the station through our website, and uh, the stream is available thanks to Opportunity Bank of Montana. Opportunity Bank, your local bank, your 
opportunity. Let's take a look at what we got in the show today. First of all, the voting has been done, although the, the, the results are not out yet, for the preseason Big Sky Conference men's and women's basketball polls. Uh, but... Uh, the folks in this room have a vote. Uh, Coulter takes his very seriously, and then I uh, just trust him is basically how that works. And so we go ahead and uh, get our votes together and take a look at that. But wanted to go through and maybe use it as a platform to to give a little preview of kind of where we're at in uh, Big Sky Conference Hoops and maybe open up a couple other questions, especially about individual awards, preseason awards as it pertains to transfers and some other things. So we'll get into that. Also, yesterday, the Hellgate Knights boys soccer team became the uh, state champions once again. That is their fifth in the last six seasons, state champions of uh, AA soccer uh, for the boys. That is fantastic. Congratulations to them. And as it is right now, the girls championship is underway between Helena and uh, uh, Glacier. So we will uh, let you know where we're at, where we stand with that game as the state championship is there. The Class A state championship, again, is on Saturday. We also will get into maybe a little bit of baseball stuff. Tony LaRussa back in the game, taking on managerial duties for the Chicago White Sox. How about that? So uh, we'll get into that. And then, as we do each Thursday, some picks against, against the spread, NFL style, not so much for the sake of the pick, but as for the sake of the analysis and talking a little football, using that as an entry point to uh, talk a bit about some games, some intrigue around the NFL and what else is going on. And also maybe a little bit of a, uh, a college football weekend. People don't know this uh, about Coulter, but I'm going to say it anyway here. Uh, Coulter, you are going to be in a house divided this weekend as the Ohio State Buckeyes and the Penn State Nittany Lions go ahead and play a little foot of football. You might have to find a place outside of the, your current residence to watch that thing because it could be it could get, it could get ugly. You and your roommate on different sides of this football game. Yeah, I don't have. I don't have enough. Uh, oh, don't stop with this. Stop with the nihilism. Music. Stop with the disinterest. I'm tired of it. I mean, I'm. St- I live a life steeped in reality. Ohio State's going to win by four, five, six, eight touchdowns. I mean, okay. Penn State. Penn State just suffered the worst loss that that <laughs> they have suffered. This is not hyperbole. Since their worst Big Ten loss since I've been alive. They have never lost to a team as bad as Indiana. Indiana has not beat a top 10 team since 1987, the year of my birth. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's all true. But it remains to be seen if Indiana's maybe actually good. Yeah, they they're a top 25 good. Penn team State's now. two best players opted out of this season. They're both going to be top 10 picks. Listen. They're guys I was extremely excited to watch because they define Penn State football. The big D end, I think, is going to light the combine up. He's going to be a dude who... Everybody knows his name by the time the NFL Combine is over. And uh, he's not playing this year for Penn State. Maybe even you. Well, we will uh, come back to that, okay? Because I think there's a chance for Penn State to maybe bounce back a little bit. But maybe I'm wrong. You would know. Uh, but we will uh, we'll get into that and plenty, plenty more. But, Coulter, let's start today. The Big Sky Conference. We are uh, less than a month away from day one of the college basketball season, and the conference uh, sent out their email to uh, receive votes from the media for the preseason polls and preseason individual honors, awards, and things of that nature. Yep. So we thought maybe, hey, this will be a good time to, uh, you know, take a look at that, where we think teams are at, where we think particular players are at, and assess kind of how we do this a little bit uh, as well. Is there a better way or, you know, should there be more restrictions, especially with the changing, uh, uh, you know, climate and and, and uh, character of college athletics? So let's start just with the surface level stuff, which is who's going to be good 
when it comes to men's and women's college basketball in the big sky. For the women... So yeah, let's start with the women. Montana State had the best year that they've ever had. They were the class of the conference, no question. They won 19 games, went 19-1, and one, and uh, their season came to an end far too early, and, and it's, just, it's just terribly sad. Also, while they return... I think unequivocally the best point guard in the in in the conference. They do. They lose about everybody else. I mean, not everybody. Obviously, Cola Big Bear and some others. You know, returner who came for spot time. But I think six seniors on that team. Uh, and you know, when you talk about six seniors in an eight nine person rotation, that's all. You know, that's sixty seventy percent of your team is just gone out the door. So. Trisha Binford has really built that thing over there. Things have looked good at Montana State, the best ever again a year ago. But where to now uh, for the Montana State Bobcat women's team, Coulter? Well, I think that this is just going to be a diametric shift within the state of the league this year. What I mean by that is last year, Montana State was the only old team in a young league. Actually, there was two old teams in the young league. The Lady Grizz were also relatively old, uh, featuring three seniors. Idaho State didn't have a senior in their start, right. in their rotation last teams. year. Stefania Ors, who's supposed to be their headliner senior, she got hurt. That opened the door for a couple sophomores, Callie Bourne and Dora Goles, to really emerge at Idaho State. Idaho also did not have any seniors. They lost the Splash Sisters in Taylor Pierce and Michaela Ferenz, two of the most prolific shooters and scorers in the history of the Big Sky Conference. That opened the door for the blossoming of Gina Markson, who I believe is the front runner, if not maybe the for sure pick for Big Sky preseason MVP as a point guard. She's a first-team All-League selection a year ago. And Beyonce Bay, who was a third-team All-League pick as a freshman and uh, was a, a spot ahead of Darian White on the All-Big on the all Big Sky team, even though Darian White ended up being the freshman of the year. Then you look at Northern Arizona. Lori Payne getting NAU to fourth last year in her fourth season as the head coach at, at NAU, that was actually probably a year ahead of schedule. Yeah. And now they have everybody back. They got Karika Rashid back. They have um, Nina Radford, who was the, the newcomer of the year a year ago. J.C. Bailey, who's a second-team All-League player. So now you have all these teams that were relying on sophomores and juniors. Now those sophomores and juniors are juniors and seniors. So because of that, I think Montana State has earned the respect of everybody around the league in terms of the program Trisha Binford has built. They had the great senior class several years back that led them to the NCAA tournament featuring Peyton Ferris, Jasmine Hamas, Lindsey Stockton, Alexa Dawkins. Great group of, of young ladies that you know had multiple Big Sky MVPs within that locker room as well. I mean, because Jasmine Hamas won one, Peyton Ferris won one. Where do the Bobcats go after they reload? Because I think that a lot of people thought, okay, they found this sweet pipeline at Gonzaga Prep that then led them to Lindsey Stockton, which then led them to recruiting the entire Spokane Sandpipers AAU team, which, by the way, was coached by John Stockton. And then all of a sudden, and that team featured multiple Montana girls, Alexa Dawkins and Peyton Ferris. So then all of a sudden now, Hannah Cottle's coming to Montana State. Delaney Junkerbyer's coming to Montana State. When that pipeline drives up, where do you go? Well, Montana State's gone to the Midwest now. And they have a nice pipeline coming from the club program in Minneapolis, the top club club program in Minneapolis, uh, the Minnesota Fury. And so when you look at what the Bobcats coming back, you're right. It all starts and ends with Darian White. I thought she was not the most valuable player in the Big Sky Conference last year, but straight up, flat out, the best player in the Big Sky towards the last stretch of the season. 
She's not an unbelievable shooter. She's just an okay shooter, but she can get to the cup better than anybody I've seen. But it's the way that she dictates the pace of the game. She tr- she truly reminds. This is hyperbole. She's obviously not a Hall of Fame NBA level point guard yet because she's yet 19 years old. But she reminds me of Chris Paul so much in the way that she dictates the tempo of the game in every element. She's so composed. She can face guard an opponent when they don't have the ball. She's one one of, if not the best, on ball defenders in the league. And then when she gets it cooking, she's one of the most explosive players in the league too. She can get to the cup. She can set up her teammates. But where do they go after that? That's going to be the biggest question. They do have Tori Martell, their sharpshooter, back. But there's a lot of unproven gals on this team, and they are going to be very young. So I do think there is some question marks around Montana State. When you look at the top of the league, though, to me, we know college basketball is all about coaching. But particularly women's college basketball, and particularly in the Big Sky Conference, you can almost, without fail pencil in the top coaches to the top spots. It's just a matter of who has the top talent returning in what order you're going to put them in. The top coaches in the Big Sky Conference are John Newley at Idaho, Seton Sobolewski at Idaho State, Trisha Binford at Montana State, Lori Payne at Northern Arizona, and Lynn Kennedy at Portland State. Yeah, I don't got to see their rosters to know those are my top five. What orders the top five, though, based on returners, yeah. that's where it gets a little bit muddy. I think because Idaho has Gina Markson and Beyonce Bay coming back, I think Idaho is the league favorite. But don't sleep on Seton Sobolewski and the Bengals. The fact that he's got all his starters back in that crazy defense that they play where they pack the key. It's, it's, you, don't, you can't even call it a matchup zone. It's just a, it's a beat-you-to-a-pulp defense. That's what it is. And when you have a bunch of experience in that defense, it takes you a long ways. And then to come all the way full circle, the Montana Lady Grizz, who had a tumultuous offseason to say the least, are now headed up by uh, Mike Petrino, first-year head coach uh, at the at the Division One college basketball level, and also had a lot to work to do. We spoke with Jordan Sullivan uh, last week on the roundtable, who has been promoted to the recruiting coordinator, even though she's been an assistant coach now for several years uh, with the Lady Grizz, and the staff remains intact. Uh, you know, outside, everybody just sort of moves one seat over, uh, you know, as far as that goes. But also, they lost several kids. They lost kids before uh, the non-renewal. They lost kids after the non-renewal. And so they had, they had, they felt like they had a, a pretty good incoming class of young kids and a couple older kids you know, players, Sophia Styles, namely, but also, but not a lot in between in the sort of the middle, you know, sophomore, junior level players. And so they went on the recruiting path like they've never done before because they had to, got a couple international players, the first two international players ever to have a scholarship at the University of Montana, got a transfer uh, to come in from, uh, I believe, Missouri, uh, coming in to uh, play for the Lady Grizz. So uh, this is a, you know, this is a brand new group. There's a couple faces that you'll recognize, but between, you know, like you said, having actually one of the older teams in the league a year ago, girls that graduated, girls that didn't come back, and now new people who have come in, this is a real wild card with the Lady Grizz this season. You and I argue over everything. The, with the concept of parity, though, mm. you love it. I hate it. I think that, but I think that there's a misperception in sports. I think that. Do I love it? Well,. I think that you buy the notion that parity equals being more competitive, and I don't agree with that. I think that if you have a team where the notion that everybody can beat everybody is true, it's because the teams at the top aren't that good. That can be true. It also can be false. I guess the reason I'm saying this is that 
I think that the Big Sky Women's League is what, if you want competition to reflect the health of your league, I think that the women's league is the best league that the Big Sky has to offer for the revenue team sports. Mm. It's my opinion that football, we're getting back to football being where it should be, where the bottom half of the league can't come to Montana and Montana State and win. That shouldn't be a part of the equation. Mm-hmm. That's not good for the league. You need the best teams in the Big Sky in football to be dominant yeah. so that you can have national prowess. And then you need, when Weber State and Montana play each other and one team whips the other like Montana did last year, they're still both going to the playoffs. Right. Montana and Montana State play each other. Montana State whips Montana. They're still both going to the playoffs. It's a way worse scenario than when, you know, when Montana loses wins. to North Dakota and Portland State and then they lose to the Cats and they miss the playoffs, that's not good for the league. Yeah. And I'm not saying, trying to put priority on Montana. You can replace the names with the best teams. You just don't want the best teams and the best programs to be losing. What I'm saying about the Big Sky Women's League is everybody can't beat everybody. The bottom three teams in the Women's League, are they ha- they're they going to have an incredibly hard time competing in any game. Mm. I really would not say that unless they're playing each other, that Sacramento State, Southern Utah, and Weber State will beat anybody. Weber State was the worst Big Sky Conference team that I have covered in my 15 years covering the Big Sky Conference. They set the National Division One record for turnovers, turnovers in a season. Yeah, they yeah. averaged 23 turnovers per game. If you've ever seen a team commit 20 turnovers in a game, it's horrific to watch. Imagine <laughs> that for a season. But what I'm getting at, though, is then the parity of the Big Sky is a lot better, though, in the fact that I think that 7-1 through one, they can compete with each other, and I do think there's six teams that in the correct tournament setting and the right players getting hot could get to the championship game or get uh, or win the championship and go to the NCAA tournament. I know you're asking me about the Lady Grizz. To me, the Lady Grizz are in the second tier, mm-hmm. but they're the most mysterious team of the second tier. I think they're the most mysterious team of the conference. They absolutely are because we don't know what Mike Petrino is as a head coach. We have no idea. Right. We, there's no, no clue. We've never seen the reiteration of the Grizzlies when it was not Robin Selvig or Robin Selvig's protege. That's it. That's the only thing that has been at the University of Montana for 42 years. The same blueprint. It worked for Robin Selvig better than it's worked for anybody. It did not work for Shannon Schwain. She does not. She's not the head coach of Lady Grizz anymore. But... There's such mysterious... I mean, you talk about the, the the somewhat proven commodities on the Lady Grizz. You talk about Sophia Styles. She had off-season surgery. Can she come back healthy? She was practicing when last time we were down there. That's a good sign. Yep. Abby Anderson came to Montana as a project. I thought really developed a, a lot last year. Became, became adequate offensively and great defensively. Mm-hmm. But can she take the next step if she needs to be one of your top two scores. Can she? We'll see. Kylie Froelich back into the program. She gave him okay spot minutes last year. She's still in, the, uh, in her third year in the program. Can she take the next step? And then probably the one that I'm the most interested... Oh, and then we have Maddie Schoening, who's... Um, she's not going to blow anybody's doors off, but she will impress you with her effort. And I think that if she can be kind of, kind of a role player in the starting lineup, that's a good thing because she is going to give you good minutes. But the number one young lady I'm interested in observing is Carmen G. Feller. Carmen G. Feller was a good get for the Lady Grizz when they got her out of Colfax, Washington. There's the natural connection with her brother having played for the Men Grizz. She's a six-foot-one wing who, coming out of high school at least, could really shoot it. She could create her own shot. 
and she looked like she could be a really good offensive weapon. She busted her ankle last year. She never came back. And so what could she become? Because then the rest of the roster, it's freshmen and transfers. And that's the other thing that you have no idea what to predict. The Lady Grizz have never had transfers. They don't have transfers. They don't take transfers. So how does a transfer perform in the Lady Grizz uniform? We have no clue. Right. Well, it will be exciting and uh, and fun to watch. And uh, and we will see You know how all the cards fall. It's switched over to the men's side. It's just just to finish that point, though, I, 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 voted, I voted Montana eighth in my okay. poll behind Northern Colorado, mm-hmm. who I think is uh, middle of the road because they haven't figured out the coaching element after Cammy Etheridge left. Uh, but their their power forward, uh, Alicia Davis, she's one of the best players in the league. Okay. I think that she has a real chance. And then at seven, I had Eastern Washington. But I do think that Eastern Washington, Montana, that's a coin flip. And where did you put Montana State? I put Montana State fourth. Four, okay. Ahead of Portland State, but behind Idaho one, Idaho State two, Northern Arizona three, Montana State four, Portland State five. Over to the men's side, uh, the season obviously never came to any sort. You, we got a lot. We got to a championship matchup at least on the women's side in terms of the Big Sky Conference uh, tournament last year. We had like two games played on the men's side before it all uh, went away, and this year uh, is another. You know, uh, I don't know what to think this year other than Eastern Washington is going to return some guys and they continue to build a good program over there. They ended up being the they ended up being the conference champions a year ago uh, at Eastern Washington. We know that Montana uh, under Travis Secure has been the class of the Big Sky Conference for as long as he's been here and I think that there's reason for those, you know, expectations to be right up there as well. Danny Sprinkle of Montana State did a great job in year 1. He continues to build his program the way he wants it to be but also loses with, without question his best player from a year ago and a really an irreplaceable player in Harold Frey. And so how do you go about building a team now that doesn't have that guy to, to, to come in and, and help you and cover up, you know, a myriad of ills, so to speak. And then who else can be good? Northern Colorado has tended to be very good. We what a new state, co- what a new coach in Northern Colorado. And right? That's the biggest factor for them because Jeff Linder was great at, he, at Northern Colorado. He was, but also, doesn't exactly leave the covered drives, specifically Bodie Hume, who's an outstanding, sure. outstanding player there. But it's also very hard to replace when you have three consecutive high production players, Andre Spite, Jordan Davis, Jonah Radabaugh, who's ready to step up because none of the guys on the roster, even Bodie Hume, are used to having the ball. Bodie Hume's just a spot shooter. He's great, but at Northern Colorado, they had the highest usage rate point guard three in the country three yeah. years in a row. So who's... Gonna, who's going to be the fourth gonna be the guy. year in a row. But are they right. going to run that system anymore anyways under Steve Smiley? We'll see. Uh, and, of course, Weber State under Randy Ray, who really had a very down year last year. There's a lot of reasons that that took place. The point is, is if you trust anybody, you trust Randy Ray. I mean, he's got he's he's got a a, a real program. And, the, you know, what they're able to do, how they're able to come back from that is anybody's guess. Where are you at with the men's side of this thing, Coulter. Well, and one last point to make about the women's, the the home court advantage in the women's league is a non-factor except for in the Montana schools. Mm-hmm. So then I think that the schedule that is now out makes the women's league actually easier to compete in across the board because everybody's going to be playing in front of sparse, if not empty arenas. Mm-hmm. Most of the teams are used to that. And now if you come to Montana, the travel's tough, but the environment's not going to be nearly what it would be. You talk about the men's side of things, though. I think that 
I mean, the home court advantage at Weber State is significant, mm-hmm. significant. So how does that in- hurt Weber State? I don't know. It's the same thing in Montana. How does that impact the Grizzlies? I don't know. But uh, it's in terms of the way – the men's league is so confusing to me because it's so mysterious. Portland State had a mass exodus. They got eight guys gone. Holland Boo Boo Woods, is, he's at Arizona State. They have zero returning starters. And, oh, by the way, because of mandates from their governor, they're literally not allowed to meet or practice. They, they cannot be together in any form or fashion in Portland. I can't imagine how you get ready for a basketball season if that's the case. It seems impossible to me. NBA 2K. <laughs> I guess. So for that sole reason alone, I voted Portland State last because I don't know a single guy on their roster, and I don't even know that they're going to be able to compete. Mm. But I, do, I don't ever expect a team in Portland – to no, be dead brand, last, brand new stadium. Like, and I mean, yeah, else. and yeah. and and Barrett Pierce is a good coach. Yeah, he's gonna he's you know if there's any ever a guy in the league in this league specifically that can mine the junior college ranks. I mean, he was a elite nationally elite junior college coach, so he knows how to mine those ranks. So we'll see. But I just I thought that that was a, a little bit of a mystery. But then you talk about some of the instability that was in the league a year ago. Danny Sprinkle was in his first year as a head coach. Now he's in his second year. He's already got his roster completely overturned. There is not a Brian Fish player in the Montana State program. I don't know if that's good or bad. Uh, I I think it's a positive step just because of the diametric differences between those two guys as head coaches. Mm -hmm. Shane Bukar was in his first year as an interim coach at NAU. They had a pretty darn good year. They beat the Grizzlies the second to last weekend of the year to get themselves up into that uh, middle of the league area. They returned some good players. And they gave him an extension. He's going to be the full-time coach. They got Zach Klaus at Idaho. He was an interim guy replacing Don Verlin. Now, he's in the second year, but they were so singular in Trayvon Allen. What do they do after that? And so then you get to Montana. Travis DeCure is absolutely the most proven coach in the Big Sky Conference at this moment, with the exception of Randy Ray. But Travis DeCure has very little experience coming back as well. So then... We come back to who I voted number one, and I voted Eastern Washington number one because I think they have the most proven roster. They have the only set of true headliner players returning in Jacob Davison and Kim Aiken, and they have some other guys to splice in around them, but they've also proven it most recently, and those guys were key cogs on that team, and the losses that they incurred to graduation were not as detrimental as some of the other teams in the league. Eastern Washington, number one, Montana, number two. I got Southern Utah, number two. Wow, look at you. And I, I, I it, this is going to sound ridiculous. But it does. It already sounds ridiculous. I just think that Southern Utah has a significant, Southern Utah has significantly better talent of what I've seen perform in games than anybody else in the league besides Eastern Washington. So let's go. That is a comment that is fair. It's, if nothing else, true. Okay. But also, here we are in 2020, right? And we are closing in on half of rosters as a standard reality being transfers either in or out of programs in college basketball. It's just what it is. And if you aren't recruiting transfers, you aren't you are falling behind because that is what it is now at every 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 conference, every division one conference of college basketball, all thirty two of them. Yep. So you have to now project, and I understand you want to, you know, who have I seen play? 
Who's who's good? How do I know if you're good? Holland Woods is out at you know Portland State. Who's there? Eight dudes. I don't know who they are. Who's out at Montana? Several guys. Who's in? Several guys. Never seen them play. Never seen them play together. What's it going to be? I understand all of that, and yet you got to you know that's a lot of teams right now, and in fact, it is an increasing percentage of the reality of what it is to be Division One college basketball. So. When you do stuff like this, I think you have to take into account not just quote-unquote proven commodities. You can emphasize those, and you probably should. But also, if you take a look at like collections of talent and what the expectations are for individual guys or groups of guys in terms of what you know of them, seems to me Montana's got to be very, very high on this list. The reason I chose Southern Utah over Montana, and to be clear, I did have Montana third, is because... They have a lot of really good returning players, but you can say that all, all the naysayers about Southern Utah, and I take I take joy in analyzing Southern Utah's program because I think it's uh, objectively outside of the blueprint that any Big Sky teams has ever used. I mean, they got this slick re- recruiting machine in Todd Simon who came from UNLV by way of Finley Prep. Anybody that follows college basketball knows all the things about Finley Prep, both the lottery pick NBA players that they've produced and the uh, sketchy way of filtering players to certain programs. They were at the center of this college basketball assistant coaching scandal. And Todd Simon has recycled his roster and brought in so many transfers over the last couple of years. And we always talk about it. The neutral site tournament where everybody qualifies it caters to and is an advantage for Southern Utah more than any other team because they're going to bring in all these crazy athletes. He has Todd Simon has employed more starting lineups the last two years than any coach in the Big Sky, and it's not even close. He basically says that on the record all the time. I have eight starters, depending on the matchup, depending on the night, depending on how we practiced. This could be my starting lineup. The point is, though, two factors. One, Dwayne Morgan is among the most physically talented players I've ever seen coming to the Big Sky Conference. He's the only guy, to my knowledge, who was a five-star recruit coming out of high school. The only guy, to my knowledge, was a top 25 recruit coming out of high school. From Baltimore, Maryland, he went to UNLV. He flamed out at UNLV. He came to Southern Utah. He got himself into some trouble, not necessarily legally, but just within the scope of the team. He was suspended for multiple, multiple times for multiple games. He was in and out of the starting lineup. When he flashed... He was spectacular. I mean, he's one of the only six foot nine, two hundred twenty five pound guys that can face the basket that you'll ever find anywhere, let alone in the Big Sky Conference. But you could tell he was always a malcontent. He's not in the program anymore. That's advantage Southern Utah, as ironic as that might sound. Secondly, they did not have the mass exodus that they usually have, and they did not have the mass influx of transfers that they usually have. They have their core. They have John Knight III, one of the best athletes in the league. They have Dre Marine, one of the best pure point guards in the league. They have Harrison Butler, arguably the best garbage man in the league. So if they can cultivate chemistry, they're going to be right there. That said, can they, for the duration of a season, and actually finish in the top four in the league? I'm not sure. I believe that Travis Secure, no matter what collection of players he's got, could navigate his team to getting a bye in the in the Big Sky Championship. Right. Because I think he can he'll figure out a way to get to thirteen or fourteen league wins. At the end of the day, this is all fairly unimportant, even now more than ever, probably, because it's gonna there's gonna be so much unknown and so much is gonna go sideways. All I'll say is this my contention about Southern Utah versus Montana and the order there is 
100% about what I think Montana is and not at all about what I think Southern Utah isn't. Because so if anybody's think- seen Southern Utah, I mean, they don't get they don't get the pub, but, I mean, go go look at <laughs> Southern Utah. Go sit down courtside and watch a warm-up with Southern Utah basketball game. Uh, dude, it doesn't look like a big it, sky team so, sitting there. It, it's so funny because the women's coaches don't get to watch the men because they're always playing, right? Mm-hmm. So one of my favorite pastimes is during the men's tournament to sit with women's coaches that we know. I was sitting with our guy Julian Asibi, who's yeah. now who's now moved on to Florida, Florida, um, Florida Gator, who he was assistant on Coach Benford's staff at Montana State, and then a couple of the Lady Grizz coach Jordan Sullivan was sitting by us too, and so then you tell walk on the court at Julian, he's like he hits me, he says, "Bro, what place did they take?" I was like seventh. He's like, "Why? <laughs> what? How? They got the only three six ten guys in the league, plus yeah. these two power forwards, plus." Harrison Butler with his high shorts looking all crazy. He did not. He did not drop those shorts below the level at all. He kept those things up top. So I know we got. I know we got to get out. You think Montana is going to be good? Why? Yeah. Uh, I. I like I just said. I don't think it's possible for Travis Secure to be like terrible or bad or even in the middle of the league. He'll be in the upper echelon. I'm just not sure that they have championship level chemistry yet. Well, of course not. How could you? Right. This is a team last year that lost to Montana Tech. Right. And then what? Right? Yeah, and that's right. that's what I'm saying. Is is the, the bookends of it was concerning to me though, too. For sure. Yeah, I mean the way the way that, that they finished, you know, off the season as it turns out, is 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 terrible home losses. So that's really, you know, it's what it is. I also think as much as a book can slam shut on a season, it was slammed shut on last season. And I think sure. this is, you know, utterly new and for sure, you know, I mean, whatever. It'll, so it will be incredibly refreshing for yeah. these guys when the season begins. No, no doubt. The other thing too is, I mean, we there's a lot of new faces. There are some old faces. I mean, Derek Carter Hollinger was it was he freshman of the year he was last freshman year? Of the year. Okay, he's he's a very good player. We saw, uh, uh, you know, Vasquez flash in moments, and he and he's still got competition even for playing time this season with guys that they brought in transfers the you know uh, to the two cams and obviously you have Mac Anderson Michael Stedman as well on the inside I know that these are that the half of these guys we have never seen play certainly not in a Grizz uniform so you don't know but also you can sit here and go well yeah if Michael Stedman's out there he he's gonna be good like he's gonna be a good player what does the chemistry look like I have no idea but here's the other thing how many guys how many guys on this Grizz roster right now could be starters at some point in this season, mm, is it, if you consider Mac Anderson a potential starter, I say nine. That's a giant number. That's a huge number of guys that could be starters at various points. Right. And if you are looking for chemistry, you can find it with that number of people. Now, maybe yeah. it, it makes it harder in some ways. It makes I, I can, see see because that's to me what you just said is the number one factor in mid major college basketball right now is guys either getting the roles that they were promised they were going to get or accepting the roles that they earned or did not earn. See, I, and, that, and that's where this comes down to me is if you got guys that are grad transfers or transfers, period, and then they end up not starting, what does that do to your locker room? If you got dudes who bide their time that were freshmen that said, hey, I'm a highly recruited guy. I'm going to come here and be a rotation player on a – Kyle Owens, Derek Collar, Hollinger, and Josh Vasquez all could have gone and played – Way more than they actually... They played a lot, but they mm-hmm. could have played even more at other programs. They didn't to buy in. What happens when one of those... Say one of those guys is the odd man out. He's not even in the rotation. What does that do then to your level of, of engagement? That's true. And 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 all that has to be navigated. 
But my question is, on the transfer wire, how many of the guys that transferred in here would be expecting to be starting and playing tons of minutes? To my mind, two guys. Michael Stedman, Cam Satterwhite, Cam Satterwhite and Cam Parker. He can expect that, but he's still young. You know? Junior, yeah. So, I mean, young. Not a senior. Not right. a grad transfer. And so you talked about, you know, what 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 have what have guys been promised? I don't think that I don't think Montana very often Travis Secure is going out there promising anything. Oh, oh you I'm know not, what I'm I mean? Not, I'm not saying there's false promises being made by the coaching staff. I'm just saying the world we live in, the society we live in, the way that Twitter works, you promise yourself a bunch of stuff. Yeah, well, the world and society is one thing. Thirteen individual guys is something else. And you know, we have yet to be to see what I'm saying is that when I project the talent that's there. It is, it is, you know, top of the Big Sky Conference level. I mean, potential, it's it's easily best in the conference. And I think reasonable potential is going to be very competitive. Last question for because I know we're way late. Yeah, what's new? I think that the league is down again this year. I don't see... Weber State does not have a guy who is as elite of a talent as Ray Ray's had his entire time at Weber State. He has always had one of, if not the best player in the league, period. Even during last year's down year, he still had one in Jarek Harding. Yeah. They don't got that anymore. Sac State, they always have one. They don't got that anymore. Portland State lost theirs. I don't see one on Northern Colorado. I think Hume's a nice player, but I don't think he's a first-team all-league MVP type guy. I don't think NAU's got one. I think that Southern Utah's got a bunch of pretty good guys, but I don't actually think they have an elite guy. Idaho, no. Idaho State, no. To me, truly, the dudes who could be the league MVP that we don't know much about or would have to take a huge step are two guys, Michael Stebbin at Montana and Jabril Bello at Montana State. Mm. Because they have Jabril Bello, because word on the street is he's lost 20 pounds, he's feeling athletic. 270? <laughs> yeah, I know, right? He's a big dude, yeah, Jabril yeah. Bello. Oh, boy. <laughs> He's big all the way around. His hands are just Everything. insane. Yeah. Uh, but they got Amin Adamu. They got Borja Fernandez. They have a couple other returners. But more than anything, those guys played their asses off for Danny Sprinkle yes, last year. One year left in the program. I don't think Montana State is overly talented, but I don't think anybody else in the league is either. Mm-hmm. I voted Montana State fourth. What do you think of that? Yeah, I think um, it's hard to say that when Harold Frey was the best player for his team in the league last yeah, year, though, right? That's, that, that's the concern. Listen, I think that I think Montana State has a chance to be uh, a very competitive this year. I don't know that they have a chance to be in the top tier of teams this year. Okay. Um, Who does? A handful of teams, maybe. Mont- Montana? Eastern. Eastern? And who? I mean, that's what I'm saying is it's not that I definitely think the Cats are really even that good. For sure. I don't even think the Cats are going to ha- I mean. Montana's a, severe, a heavy favorite over Montana State mm-hmm. in both Cat Grizz matchups. I can already tell you that even with my skepticism over the Grizz. I guess what I'm saying is this. Now, of course, you you can and should take all day long Montana State and Montana over Portland State right now. Right. Okay? You voted Portland State last. Right. What I'm saying is when Portland State shows up, you and I are going to sit there and go, dang, look at this dude. Who's this guy? Never heard of this guy, for but sure. look at what he's doing for sure for Barrett Perry. And then we'll know for sure. But we don't sure. know now. So those guys for come sure. out, they emerge. You know what I mean? And until that happens, you can't know. But I, you know, right. I, I right. reserve some of that. There's no question. There's no there's no proof that Zach Klaus can recruit guys that can be impact players right away. There's no proof Ryan Looney can do it. There's no proof 
that Steve Smiley can do it. There's definitive proof that Barrett Peary and Brian Katz can. That's right. And that's why yeah. Portland State and Sac State, we have no idea. Yep. They have Max X6, the guys. There will be major metropolitan areas. Exactly, exactly. Sac State, you could just go get a dude who's second team all California junior college, and he's there. He's bam. He's a 15 point per game scorer in the Big Sky Conference. Another nice 40 minute opening segment. Coulter, obviously, if people are traveling, you got to have them stay somewhere else, not with you. That's true even when COVID isn't going on, and especially now. So you send them out to the Wingate. We know that. That's obvious. What you might not know is about all the meeting space they have out there, convention space, and even personal office space, because God knows I can't stand being with you any much longer. I'm going out there. I'm going to lock up my own personal office at the Wingate. You can do the same thing. If you need a business space, whether it's for yourself personally or you're just tired of doing Zoom meetings, you just want to see other humans, but you want to be socially distanced, the Wingate has great business meeting rooms. You can space out. They have all the hookups and technology you're going to need for any sort of meeting or presentation. Or if you're like Ryan and you just want to have a place where you can work in peace and quiet, the Wingate Inn also a great option for those that live and work around Western Montana and the city of Missoula. If you have anybody coming through town or you want to get your kids out of the house, Wingate also has awesome rooms, great business rates. The pool is back open. They've done a great job of making sure that's going to be safe for you and your family. The Wingate Inn, located in Missoula, it's an excellent option for business travelers, local business people, or anybody coming through the city of Missoula. Let the Wingate Inn make you feel at home even when you're not. I got juice. Coulter, you got juice? I'm getting juice for saying Southern Utah is going to finish second in the league. Yeah, I uh, I see that your feed's blowing up. 361-3688 if you would like to text anger and fury at Coulter Nuanas, you can do it now. 361-3688. Uh, it is time. Uh, by the way, it's Tutel Nuanas, if you're wondering. Good to be with you at Gus Tutel at 1029 ESPN at Skyline Sports MT. Uh, it is time for our prep extra segment. It's brought to us by the Farmers State Bank. Farmers State Bank has a brand new location open at Last Chance Gulch and Montana Avenue in Helena. I'm not sure the lobby is available given our current circumstance, COVID related, but the uh, branch is open. Of course, you can do all your banking online as well. FarmersEbank.com. Coulter, Class AA State Championship. Uh, the girls game is ongoing as we speak, so you can get us an update on that. But uh, the first one of four is in the books, and that is the Hellgate Knights boys team claiming their second consecutive Class A, Class AA state title. They're fifth in the last six years, so they have just been dominating. They beat Bozeman 3-1. to one. Bozeman and Hellgate have won each of the last ten state championships every single one since 2011 but recently it has just been the knights five of six here in this last unbelievable run 17-0-1 i mean listen we've talked about this we agree on this right soccer is the sport that has the highest likelihood of losing even though you're the better team like the better team in almost every other sport loses or excuse me wins if they're better right but in soccer you can lose even when you've been better because the scoring's so low and it just takes that one moment to go 17 and 0 and one is is astounding in soccer and they just blowing people out and then in, in a game against a, a very tough very good team like bozeman they still win missoula sentinel employed 
the strategy of exactly what you're talking about, and it still took a goal, like in with two minutes to go in the match, to tie it at two to two, yeah. to force the one tie that Helgate even experienced this year. But you talk about all the great success that Jay Anderson has had at Hellgate. He's done a tremendous job building that program over the last 18 years. Yes, he has. Hellgate first started making it to state championship matches last decade, but always had a hard time breaking through. Usually it was Bozeman that kept him out of it. The Knights break through in 2011, but then Bozeman by and large dominated the first part of the decade. But since Hellgate has broken through, it's, it's just been... Uh, a dynasty that's been pretty much unparalleled. And, and I shouldn't say pretty much. In fact, no team has ever won five in six years. Now their six titles are the most overall, more than Bozeman, who had five. You got to remember, soccer's only been a sport in the MHSA since 1991, so not nearly as many total titles to, yeah. be, uh, to have been won as there is in you know basketball and football. Mm-hmm. But this particular Knights group, though, a lot of these guys. I mean, Beck and Arthur, we mentioned him. Uh, you know, Lars Thorns Thompson. I mean, these these guys have been guys that have been together for a really long time. And Beckett Arthur, he, he he's the captain. And he said, uh, I, I think about the first time we did this in 2017 when he was a freshman. And that's the most impressive part about this. Is a lot of these guys were kind of upstarts that were playing when they were freshmen in 2017. So now they get a chance to, to bookend it and go back to back to end their high school careers. But he said, I was excited then when we did it, but this was definitely my most emotional game I've ever played because I realized, and it came down on me before the match, that this is the last time I was ever going to play with all my buddies who I've been playing with since I was eight years old. Mm. He said, just the feeling of embracing them and hugging them and crying with them, it's an unbelievable feeling. And that's unbelievable perspective from this kid. And I, I thought that Thorne Thompson, the guy who had the two dagger goals, he had a great quote too. He said, Obviously, we had to work hard on the field, but also we had to work hard off the field. None of us could be getting sick. We couldn't be quarantined. We all had to do our part so we could stay at our top level, and we stayed away from the coronavirus, and we finished the season. From the start of the season, we just bonded as a family, played together like all like we're brothers, and we got the win. That's great perspective from a 17-year-old kid, man. I'm not here to politicize the coronavirus, but the fact of the matter is if you get quarantined, you got to forfeit matches. They didn't have any losses or blemishes because they got to play every single match. They were at full strength all year. That takes a tremendous amount of discipline from a young group of kids. No doubt. And the other thing, too, is when you take a look at Hellgate, if you if you see Beckett Arthur, your first thought isn't necessarily soccer player. Now, I don't know what you think soccer players are from an athlete athletics they're unbelievable athletes but in terms of like some of the obviousness of size and mm-hmm. weight and some of that stuff this dude would be i mean would could whatever but i mean he looks like he's an all-state level football player right. I mean, this is a big big kid who's yeah, yeah. out there tremendous athlete in every respect chose the path of soccer and has been absolutely phenomenal i mean just a great soccer player the whole way through and and has been a great young soccer player who's been behind some great players at hellgate uh you know that's how you win multiple state championships and get the program rolling and finally his turn you know to kind of be the guy so congratulations to him it's a, and to the whole team huge, huge accomplishment if you enjoy good sports writing and and I know we don't have a direct partnership with them, but I just don't care right now. I think it's a phenomenal. <laughs> I think it's a phenomenal story, man. Sure. If you enjoy good sports writing, go check out the Billings Gazette or go check out 406mtsports.com. Jeff Welch, who's the editor of yep. all of the, he's basically the the senior editor of all the news the sports sections in Montana. A veteran guy and a guy who's always been very kind to me. But he's a phenomenal sports writer. He doesn't often get a chance to go out and write gamers. I thought his gamer was stellar. 
Hmm. I thought it was excellent. I, I enjoyed reading it from front to back. If you enjoy good sports writing and you enjoy good sports writing about the beautiful game of football, football. go read the story. Pretty good. Uh, Colter, do you have a quick update for I us on the do. girls game? Let's hear it. I do. Uh, it, with uh, In the 23rd minute, Glacier scored. Wow. And they held all the way till the end. So the Glacier Wolfpack in their first ever state title match Win the class wow. trophy one to nothing on the road at number one Helena High. Amazing! What a, t- a tournament filled with upsets. I don't think anybody expected Glacier to even be in the final four. It, it was supposed to be Helena, Billings, West, Billings, Senior, and Bozeman. Those are the teams that had everything to lose. Glacier knocks out some. Hellgate did everybody some favors by knocking out Billings West. Yep. But the Glacier Wolfpack, the Class AA champions, first time they ever even made it to the title match and their first state championship. The the video that Chris Peterson, who's the sports editor at the Helena Independent Record, has up on Twitter. A great video because, as you can imagine, these young ladies are very excited. Yeah, one would think. Well, congratulations to Glacier. They pull the upset. They win the state championship. And uh, congratulations to them. The Class A state championship is Saturday, uh, so we will uh, bring you the results from that on Monday. This Look at is, us in Montana, dude. We got two fall sports in the books. What do you know? What do you know? I, I honestly, if you would have said what's going to happen, I would have said there's no way anybody's finishing anything, and we did. We got it all cross-country in and almost all soccer in. It's impressive. Good job, everybody. Prep Extra Segment brought to us by the Farmer State Bank. Farmer State Bank, innovate, in innovative mobile and traditional banking solutions for personal and commercial customers, FarmersEbank.com online. Quick break. How old is too old to be a manager of a professional baseball team? 76? What do you think about that? Tell you next. What are your business challenges for 2021? Supporting an increased remote workforce? Securing and managing your expanding corporate network? Communicating with your customers, employees, and partners? Whatever your challenges and priorities for 2021, Blackfoot Communications knows it all starts with a plan. We are here to help you assess, design, implement, and support your most critical technology infrastructure initiatives. Call Blackfoot at 866-541-5000 or email business at blackfoot.com to learn how we can set you up for success in 2021 and beyond. Blackfoot, connect to more. What's wrong? You've been asking, but I don't have an answer. Come- Welcome back to Tell New Honors 1029 ESPN Radio. The White Sox have a new manager who's an old manager. What do you think about that? Uh, at Gus Tutel. Yeah, got to remember my Twitter handle if you're looking for it. I wanted to 90 ESPN at Skyline Sports MT. Tony LaRussa, which is Spanish for Tony the Russa, is the new <laughs> manager of the Chicago White Sox. Oh, man. He was the White Sox manager from 1979 to 1986. He was the. Name a- one player from that team. No. Harold Baines, one of the greatest switch hitters of all time. He was the Oakland Athletics manager after that. He went on to be the St. Louis Cardinals manager after that, and he has come full circle to the Chicago White Sox once again. The reason this I, I found this interesting because I know that there's I mean obviously Tony Larusa is a a reputable epic name in baseball. Well, he's a Hall of Famer. So that's yes. why I thought I found this <laughs> would be reputable. pertinent to our listeners, not because <laughs> the White Sox have a new manager. I've never even known a White Sox fan out here, but because 
has there ever been a time has ever I I can to my knowledge I have no idea that of anybody that retired went to the Hall of Fame and then seven years after getting elected to the Hall of Fame went back into their profession I don't know Dusty Baker is he, is he in the Hall of Fame I don't know he, I mean he's the only one Sparky Anderson depending on on his deal I don't know the answer to that question I will say this Dusty Baker's not in the Hall of Fame the uh the Chicago White Sox have one of the best young rosters in baseball. So Tony La Russa, you know, maybe he does them a favor, but he's also picking his spot here. You know what I mean? To go to the White Sox who would be managing a team that he mm-hmm. knows is going to be good, that he's excited about being with. Sparky Anderson, retired in 1995, inducted in the Baseball Hall of Fame in 2000, passed away in 2010. And never coached never again coached after that? Again, no. Okay. Um, so... 76 years old. Uh, Tony La Russa, the last I saw of him, uh, was looking very, very sprite for a, uh, you know, centenarian. So I think, you know, he's going to sit in there and do the managerial thing. Here's, here's the deal. I think that baseball, probably more than any other sport, any other, you know, major North American sport, the age of the manager is 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 not all that consequential, particularly when you talk about the older guys. I mean, there's a lot of older managers in baseball, right? I mean, Joe Madden, Dusty Baker, uh, there's plenty of them out there. And so the one question I have is with this shift we've seen, this unbelievable shift toward sabermetrics and stats and all of that, like how much are these guys who are old school baseball guys going to be willing and able to buy in? If anybody could, I would think it would be Tony La Russa. I mean, he's a true, true, I mean, all of them, right? But he, he, he understands baseball and he's seen the progression and maybe even been part of this progression in a lot of ways. So I don't anticipate he's going to be the curmudgeon that's going to sit in there and go, no, I can tell that it's not coming across the plate, right? Get him out of here. What, you know, whatever. So, I I think that Tony La Russa, look, he's a Hall of Famer. So until further notice, good hire, good hire by the Chicago White Sox. Before this uh, hiring, you're correct. Dusty Baker is the oldest manager in baseball, 71 okay. years old. Joe yeah. Madden's 66. All right, but the, I mean, Tony La Russa was 66 when he retired 10 years ago. Now he's out of retirement. But like, who, who's the oldest coach in the NBA? I mean, Pop probably, maybe, and he's you know in his 60s, but. You know, there's a lot of there's a lot of forties year old head coaches in the NBA. Greg Popovich is in fact the oldest coach ever. Okay, at seventy one. Oh, is he seventy one? Okay, but again, he a little different, isn't it? I mean, he's Popovich for crying out loud. He's been there twenty eight years or whatever. So right, and when Romeo Cannell, I think, became the oldest coach in NFL history, replacing Pete Carroll because Mm -hmm. Pete Carroll had been. Yeah, but Romeo Cannell then gets this interim job. And he's, I think, 72. But again, I mean, look, who, who's getting hired, right? McVay, LaFleur, Kyle Shanahan, like Nagy, all these young guys in the NFL. And basketball is the same. There's a bunch of former players. Steve Nash, Jason Kidd, Tyron Lute, right? These guys are coming through the door, young guys. So uh, I think baseball... Just like playing the game, you got to pay your dues in baseball, man. That's just what it is, and the same is is often true of managers. Now, there's a couple of young managers out there, but you got to put some years under your belt, some rings on the tree, man. The oldest manager in the history of baseball. It was also the whole oldest professional sports coach ever, and and so not Sparky Anderson. I mean, he would have been my guess, 
Sparky just looked older than he actually was. He died when he was 76. No. Yeah. And that was after he'd been retired for a full 15 years. Really? Yes. He just looked old. Hmm. Well, his name's Sparky. Right. Uh, or is it? Well, I no, I don't know. Who 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 is it? I mean, this this is why this man will his records will no question never be touched. Connie Mack, he was the manager of the Pittsburgh Pirates from 1894 to 1896, and they took over with the Philadelphia Athletics a position. Get commencement ready at the Montana State Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day. Their grad fair sale is going on right now if you visit msubookstore.org. Free regalia. When you purchase a diploma frame at the MSU Bookstore, you can obviously visit the MSU Bookstore on the Montana State campus. The Montana State Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day. Visit on campus or at msubookstore.org. 